Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Or you're, whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here. Sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good. She's the Duchess of Storks. She's Ashley Pickle. Howdy, friends. Hi, Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Um, I got nothing to say to you. Cool. Today is Thursday, November 18th, 2021. Folks. Folks. We're there. We're a week away. It's this time next week. Oh, it's, it's the so best exciting. day of the year. Okay. Next week is Thanksgiving. Start. We had our um, we had our conference call yesterday, my family conference call, to, mm-hmm. to to lay out everything and to make sure everybody had everything covered. Yes. Um, I want to give a shout out to my wife for many reasons. My wife. But one of the reasons is that we were going through talking about what everybody's going to bring, and she she raised her hand. She goes, uh, we're, "We got the turkey, mm-hmm. as you know, turkey." She goes, "Green bean casserole and rolls. We got it." Man, you picked a winner. I know. Listen, I'm not great at a lot of things, but I am good. <laughs> Marion. Uh, November. Uh, uh, happy birthday to uh, to Randy. Oh, happy birthday, Mal friend. Yeah. friend Randy. And happy birthday to the brother of uh, Texas Football Today's own Luke Wilson. Owen Wilson. Happy birthday, <laughs> Owen Wilson. Your brother. That's, that's a streamline. Your brother was on our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, episode one thousand two hundred eighty-five. On today's show, guys, big, big, big show. We got your Buck Groove Guide. We're going to tell you how to what to stream this weekend uh, in high school football playoffs. A lot to get to. Uh, you can spend your whole weekend on your couch. You don't got to worry about that, baby. We got you covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Poteet Aggies, Coach Darby House, will join us. Coach House is making history down there in Atascosa County. Uh, they won their first district championship since two thousand five. They won. Did you know this? They won their first playoff game since 1958 Goodness last week. Goodness gracious. With their win over Luling. We're going to talk with Darby House about that coming up here in just a moment. Back out of the show, the picks, my high school football predictions for every single UIL Texas high school football game, all 176 of them. And then we'll round it all out by answering some college football burning questions do we have first four through the door we sure do it was rob hadaway tony blaylock christo fire 100 and coach terry crawford 11 and 0 panthers um i believe they play tonight 
No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, also, Newcastle, 7.30 in Granbury. Real fast, just to note, uh, Jacob John had said hello from the 210, which first off, yes. Um, second off, he said apparently TxDOT did the uh, like the, the signs that they do. You know how they do it, like the Red River Rivalry. They've done it for UTSA, I guess. Oh, I love it. So that's big. I love it. Meep, meep. There you go. Meep, meep. We are all meeping this week. All right, Pickle. I don't know what you're doing this weekend. Um, we don't talk unless it's on the air. That's true. Um, but I don't know what you're doing this weekend. But I know what I think Texans should be doing. And I, look, I'm not. I'm not running for any sort of office or anything like that. Mm. But but we could on this specific platform. But I do think that the most important thing and the most Texan thing that you can do this weekend is to sit on your couch and watch football and work on. Your butt groove. Work on your butt groove. This is what we call the butt groove guide, where we tell you how to spend your entire weekend on your couch, considering your viewing guide. Here's what you're going to do, okay? We're working on the assumption that you have three screens at your disposal, okay? Which means you've got TV, computer, and phone, so we can go three wide at any moment. Got it? Let's start tonight! Dateline! It's not often that I'm going to tell you to watch us. <laughs> but we're calling ISO. Well, watch us! That's right, tonight, 7 o'clock... On Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, wherever you're watching us right now, you can watch the Lindale versus El Campo game. Uh, 4A Division One area round playoff matchup uh, there in Region 3 uh, with uh, great commentary, outstanding commentary from McKinney head coach Marcus Shavers, mm-hmm. from Bally Sports Southwest's own Aaron Hardigan. They're going to be in studio with us, as well as... From our college football insider, Mike Craven, making his watch-along debut. Let's go. Pickle and I will also be here. Yeah. So, I'm here for the make beat. sure you tune in. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can watch the game free. We will provide commentary over the top of it. It's our third watch-along. We're excited to do it. So make sure you tune in tonight, 7 o'clock. And if you don't want to listen to us, Trevor Bullard and yes. Tommy Arsh are on the call. And that's that's a good duo right there. It's on TexanLive.com. So. <laughs> so make sure you check that out. There's two other games on Texan Live, so you can go three wide. You can have us on the big screen, you know. If you're so inclined. Do it. On the second screen, I want you to have East Chambers and Little River Academy. Mm-hmm. This game's really interesting. Little River Academy pulled off a little bit of an upset last week by beating Yoakum. I think that they are hot. I think they're a team that, that's on the rise. East Chambers is a tricky offense. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers are playing very well right now. Keep an eye on that one. That's a big game going on at Tomball ISD. Our friend Gavin Moritz is going to have it on Texan Live alongside Coach Mack uh, on color. So make sure you check that out. East Chambers and Little River Academy. On the small screen... Uh, Carthage is playing Hampshire Fanat. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Carthage is a favorite here. But it gives you an opportunity but to get your eyes on a favorite. Get, get some <laughs> eyes on, on Carthage. And beyond that, look, Hampshire Fanat is not going to lay down. Nope. They're going to give them everything they wanted. So keep an eye on that one. Carthage and Hampshire Fanat. So I want you to go big screen, Lindale and El Campo with DCTF Watch Along, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can watch that for free. And then on Texan Live, you can watch on your second screen, uh, East Chambers is playing Little River Academy. Academy, thank you. And Carthage and Hampshire for now. Let's matriculate now, Pickle. To Friday! Dateline! Six o'clock. Georgetown, Fort Penn Hightower. This is tasty. We are going to start to sort out Region 3 mm-hmm. of 5A Division 1. Because last week, um, District 10 and District 11 just cleared everything out. And they said, fine, whatever. They both swept. And so we now get a quartet ah. of <laughs> District 10 versus District 11 games. 
So, I want you to watch 6 o'clock, TexanLive.com. You can watch Georgetown taking off Fort Bend Hightower. We will start to sort that out. Georgetown, of course, pulled off the big upset last week by knocking off Dripping Springs. They can score. They can score, and they will get Hightower this week, who is a very, very dangerous team. Keep an eye on them. That game kicks off at 6 o'clock Central Time. God's time zone. Elsewhere, Pickle. There's like a ton there really is. Of 7 o'clock games. There you go. There's like a bunch of 7 o'clock a games. A ton. <laughs> a bunch of 7 o'clock games. So we're going to go three wide, okay? Now here's the problem. The thing is that if Georgetown and, and uh, Fort Bend Hightower are, is cooking, you might want to keep that one on, right? But one will clear up. Here's what I want you to do at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, I want you to watch Pflugerville, Weiss, and Manville. Mm-hmm. It's another 10-5-8 division or 10-5-8 versus 11-5-8 a matchup, but I think that's the game of the week. I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be very pointsy. I think Weiss's offense is really fun to watch. Great pedigree ma- uh, matchup here. Like Manville, of course, has played for titles. Weiss is the relative new mm-hmm. kid on the block. Fantastic call team, too. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it, will be, uh, it will be Gavin Moritz and Ryan Roark on the call. And if you've never heard Coach Roark uh, do color, he is Exceptional. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Uh, much better than us nincompoops. Absolutely. Yes. So there's that one. Golly, this is tough. <laughs> uh, the, the next one I'm going to send you to. Mm. There's so many of them. Spring and Klein Kane. Okay. Although I, I recommended I like the spring that. game last week. This game's going to be interesting too. A lot of playmakers on the field there. Uh, so I want you to do that. And then I also want you to do... Jersey Village and Katie Tompkins. Jersey Village is undefeated. Um, they, they've been making a great run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a. This is, in my opinion, the toughest team they've played this year. Is Tompkins, mm-hmm. uh, but you could do. Man, I think you could do a task seat in Dickinson. Yep. You could do, do Barbers Hill and AM Consolidated. Mm-hmm. You could do Chapel Hill and Brassport. Yep. You could do Western Shark and Jasper, which is a great game. Yes. I don't know. It's it's loaded. Your miles may vary. I think Liberty Hill Bernie Champion is a really big mm-hmm. game. That game kicks off at seven as well. Talk about a clash in styles there too. By My the goodness. way, <laughs> to make things more complicated, eight o'clock, ESPN two, Houston and Memphis. <laughs> don't do that to me, ESPN. So try to make a buck groove guide here. Yeah, get all your buddies together and so just look, put TVs in one central location. Cypher Ridge Point is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a huge week on TexasLive.com. Hey, Barbers so Hill A&M Consolidated. Oh, yeah, you have no excuse not to tune in, okay? It's a huge week. My picks would be big screen, Pflugerville, Weiss, and Manville. Mm-hmm. Second screen at 8 o'clock. Uh, okay, second screen, I want you to do Georgetown and Hightower. When that game is over, I want you to flip over to Memphis and Houston yes. on ESPN2. And then for the third screen, I mean, see King Shadow Creek's great too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you and dealer's Valley choice. Sports on third. Southwest. And Valley Sports <laughs> Southwest. I'm going to give you dealer's choice on third one. Watch Valley Sports Southwest too, but dealer's choice on the third one. It's too good. Whichever game you feel like is best, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. There's only, I don't think there's a game here that I'm not interested in. I think Payton Mayer's really yep. cool. Shout out ish. Man, really interesting game. Anyway, there's that. Saturday. Dateline. Saturday, the 11 a.m. slate is um, potentially like uh, an existential crisis for Texas. Uh, they go to West Virginia, 11 a.m. kick on ESPN. West Deuce. by God, Virginia. They're going to West by God, Virginia. That game's at 11 o'clock. Also at 11 o'clock, A&M uh, welcomes in Prairie View A&M. Sure. Like if you're an Aggie fan or you're a Panther fan, then then tune in. I can't in good conscience tell you it's going to be like a super competitive game, mm-hmm. but that game's on the plus. Get out the wallet. At noon, Texas State goes to Coastal Carolina if you're into getting, if you're into bloodbaths, but also crewathletics.com. 
The yeah. Division Three playoffs start this week. Mary Harden Baylor welcomes in Trinity and not the Trinity from San Antonio. It's like the Trinity from like Connecticut. Where is Trinity? <laughs> That's a good question. I was like, I I know the one in San Antonio. They played a uh, Rhodes College not too long ago, actually yeah. last weekend. Um, yeah. Let's see. Roll You're listening to live coverage. Uh, yeah. So it's Tr- Trinity College. Trinity College is in Hartford, Connecticut. I nailed it. There you go. They're the Bantams. Capital of Connecticut. Yeah. Anyway. Marion Capital Baylor. City. <laughs> so, so Division Three at noon, Division Three action, crewathletics.com. You can watch Trinity and Mary Hart and Baylor. That's, there's that. There are two games on Texan Life, okay? At 2 o'clock, or rather at 1 o'clock, Cinco Ranch and Spring Branch Memorial, Houston Memorial. That's going on at Tully. Chase Snyder's going to be on the call there. I think Cinco Ranch is a favorite, but what a great job Spring Branch Memorial has done uh, this year. Um, keep an eye on this one. I think that that game is going to be very interesting. Uh, but uh, I think Cinco Ranch is, is is a favorite, but not an overwhelming favorite. Uh, that game kicks off at 1. And at 2 o'clock, Pickle, Crosby and Marshall. Yeah. Crosby doing that thing again where they're just getting super hot at the right time, <laughs> taking on a Marshall team that's brimming with confidence after their win last week. Keep an eye on that game. That game's at 2 o'clock with our friend Jay Dunton and Carl Thies on the call. Yeah. yeah shout out, Carl. All right. Then, 2.30. This is Saturday. We're still on Saturday. SMU's at Cincinnati. Yeah, I, so here's the problem. The problem is at 2.30, there's two games you got to lock in on. Mm-hmm. On the big screen, you're going UAB and UTSA. Yes. It's on ESPN+. Plus inexplicably because the conference USA television deal is but that game's on ESPN Fact. plus UAB UTSA that is basically for the conference USA West championship yeah I think it's the biggest game in UTSA history yes get in on that one that game is at 2:30. also at 2:30, uh SMU goes to Cincinnati on ESPN they're going to try to ruin Cincinnati's season they got an opportunity to so you want to be locked in on that one as well three o'clock you can watch Rice and UTEP or you can watch Kansas and TCU Man, talk about just a slate of bangers right there. Maybe, uh, I don't know, go do your Thanksgiving shopping at that hour. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> 4.30. Sure. Sure. You hear about this, Kev? 4.30 p.m. God's time zone. Central Texas. Central time zone. Baylor goes to Kansas State. Now, yeah. that is a tricky game for Baylor. Mm-hmm. And Manhattan is never easy to anyone. Manhattan's tough. K-State's actually a favorite. Um, that game's on FS1. You should be paying attention to that game. Hopefully, Baylor can go and make it a non-issue, but keep an eye on that one. And then the, the late slate, 6 o'clock, you got a North Texas at Florida International on ESPN3 oh. for some reason. And then Texas Tech is going to try to ruin Oklahoma State's season. Uh, number 9 Oklahoma State. That's Tech uh, going uh, welcoming in Oklahoma State. That's on Fox. Big Fox. Texas Tech, Big Fox. That's what's up. That's the Joey McGuire effect right there. There you go. Yeah, McGuire effect. It's already, it's already resonating. There it is. There is your butt groove guide for this weekend. And then, of course, there's NFL, I suppose, on Sunday, right? The Cowboys play? They That's do. right. The Cowboys play. They've got, like, two games in five days. Because mm-hmm. they play Sunday, and then they play Thanksgiving. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that typically ends so, up happening around and this time of year. I presume the Texans are feel, still fielding a team, right? Uh, good question. Who could know? No one, no one knows. Absolutely no one anyway, knows. there's your butt groove guide. 
We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DZTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. It's our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content. Those two magazines, by the way, include the recruiting edition, the 2021-22 recruiting edition, which we are finishing up today. We're sitting to press tomorrow. Uh, we will reveal the cover next week, so make sure you tune in for that. Brought to you by our friends at Reveal Suits, but uh, Texas, uh, you can go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. All sorts of great stuff. There's never been a better time to be an insider because we've got all sorts of good stuff, including uh, Upset Watch, including uh, Steph's Big Previews, including uh, game projections for every game. You want to make sure you check that out, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. The Hub. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. Let's go down to Atascosa County. And talk with the head coach of the area round bound Poteet Aggies. We're joined by Coach Darby House. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are things in beautiful Poteet, Texas? Oh, uh, they're they're pretty good right now. We're uh, we're just getting ready for another round of football. Well, and that's something that has not been able to been be said in in Poteet in quite a while. You guys were able to get your first playoff win since 1958 which predates Dave Campbell's Texas football, <laughs> mind you. Um, I guess my question is, what what was able to get you guys over the hump? What What is it about this team that is special that has you guys making this kind of history? Uh, well, you know, this is our fourth year here, and, and when we got here, we knew this freshman class. It's now our senior class of some special. Um, I've been here this whole time with my D.C. coach, Valerio. He's done a great job with me, and and from day one, we knew that this was a class to break that streak. Now, we didn't know about the streak when we got here, but shortly after we got here, we found out. And uh, it's just this senior class. They, they've they got talent everywhere, up and down, from the line to the linebacking core to our running back. Um, you know, we just can't talk about how great they bought in. And they've uh, they've been our rocks for four years now, and most of them played as freshmen and we took our lumps that way, and and it's just it feels great to be rewarded with that first playoff win. But we kind of want to keep it going. Yeah, and you guys were able to also get your first district championship since two thousand and five. And and I'm I'm interested. Was there a moment? Maybe it's before the season. Maybe it's some sort of game. Was there a moment where you started looking around and you're like, okay, this this really might be the year. This might be the the, the team that really starts to make history here in Poteet. Uh, you know, it was. It was in the off season. We knew we were bringing back, you know, I believe nine and nine on offense and defense. We brought back all our people, everybody who scored, you know, almost our entire defense. And we kind of knew that this could be our year. That as long as you know, you know, you know, you got to avoid the injury bug. You know, you've got to you got to stay healthy. You got to win the games you're supposed to win. And once we got over the big hurdle, which was Jordanton, which is, mm-hmm. you know, just that big rivalry game for us. It's uh. It's going to be close no matter what. Once we got past that hurdle, that's when it kind of clicked like, hey, we're about to do this. 
Uh, we're talking with Darby House, the head coach of the Poteet Aggies here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Coach, uh, of course, it certainly helps to have a guy who is uh, leading the state in rushing. Uh, that would be Ernest Davila, your running back, who's now over 2,500 yards on the year. I know he was a 2,000-yard back last year as well. Uh, the numbers are overwhelming. Uh, the film is fun to watch. Uh, you are also a guy who gets to see him every day in practice. What is it about Ernest Davila that, that, that sets him apart that makes him special? You know, Ernest is a great kid. He uh, He's one of those kids that's going to go hard no matter what he does. And you kind of almost have to hold him out of practices sometimes because he's going to give you everything he's got every single day, every single snap, every single rep. Um, and he's, he's short-statured, but he's a physical, strong runner. He's got great vision. That's probably the biggest thing is his vision. Um, he can see. He sees it. He trusts it. He understands. And... Um, you know, he's just a great kid. He's He's been here with us for all four years. He's grown so much from his, you know, he played some his freshman year, his sophomore year, and I think he also had about 1,700 yards his sophomore year. So he's, I think, over 6,000 yards easily for his uh, career getting on seven. And, you know, he's he's not done yet. And he, uh, he understands his role a lot more now which he's going to he's going to get what he's going to do and he also understands that we're going to spread it around to our other weapons as well but he knows that he's our he's our workhorse and he's done a great job all year and and we hope to keep getting him up there in carries and keep getting him up there in yards um another you know you mentioned growth uh, another place where you guys have very clearly grown is on the defensive side it feels like you guys have really taken a step forward on uh, defensively what is it that's working for you guys defensively that has you in this position right now uh, the biggest thing I think is that continuity. You know, these guys have been playing for three and four years together. I think our most of our defense is three-year starters, if not some. You know, we got a couple four-year starters on there. Um, we do split our D-line, O-line, so there's there's no two-way starters, which is big for our two defensive tackles. They're not huge, but they play with great leverage and they get after it. Um, you know, Jonathan Guzman and Carlos Herrera—they're big inside. They don't get driven. They play their technique they fly around and then we're led by our linebacker julian moya he's a four-year starter well over 400 tackles and flies around and and is really physical sometimes too much sometimes he tries to run through everybody instead of just going <laughs> and a play but uh he's a great kid and flies around and we're lucky to have him and the other you know the other compliment we have is, is diego right there beside him uh, linebacker he feels well and he reads well and he he hits the hole and and they kind of are two polar opposite linebackers and they work great together talking, with, so, talking with darby house of the poteet aggies here on texas football today coach you mentioned you're in your fourth year there you came over from somerville back in 2018 uh, you are frustratingly young um which is it's really bothering me uh how young you are but uh you you took over in 2018 and took your lumps that year right an 0 and 10 season uh, now you guys are are, are ten and one. You're, you're making history there in Poteet. What is the biggest difference from that program that you walked into back there in, in you know in, in May and June 2018 to the program that that you're up that you're leading right now? Uh, the biggest thing is is the trust the kids have in our staff and each other. Um, when we walked in, you know it was it was you know rough around the edges. We were getting a lot. You know that first year there were too many unsportsmanlike penalties and things like that compared to now is you know if i told them hey we're switching to the slot t tomorrow because we're gonna win they're gonna jump on it like nothing's wrong and they're uh there's just a trust between our our coaches and our players you know 
amongst each other that, that that's the biggest difference. You know, we, we believe in each other wholeheartedly and we believe in our teammates. Um, and it's it's on to the next one, Coach. And Friday night at Cavendish Stadium in uh, in in uh, Corpus Christi, rather, uh, you guys will take on the Vanderbilt Industrial Cobras in an area round matchup. There, uh, I know you've been pouring over film, and I'm certainly not going to ask you to give away your game plan here on the air. But uh, when you take a look at what you're up against on on Friday night, what do you see? What are you guys going to have to do to, to come away with a win? You know, you see a well experienced, well coached ball club. They. Uh... Coach Dixon, Dixon does a great job over there. They got an explosive quarterback. Um, he's getting back to fully healthy, so if we, we got to contain him and keep him in front of us. Uh, a couple good running back receivers. Defensively, they're stingy on defense. They fly around. Um, they play with good pad level, and uh, it's going to take a good game on our half. But I believe that we're we're capable of doing it. I think anybody is. It's playoffs. That's what makes it so great. Um, I won't hold it against you that you picked us to lose, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen, Coach. I appreciate I, I appreciate being held to account. That is, that is true. I I must ask you though. You know, we mentioned that it's been a while since Potete's had this kind of success. You know, 2005 since the last district championship, 1958 uh, since since the last playoff win. Uh, what's the vibe around town right now? What's uh, what's the what's the community feeling uh, at, down there in Atascosa County? Uh, it's a great place right now. It's it, I think we're up to you know two three thousand fans at our game, last couple games, which is huge. Um, Shoot, I think they're going to shut down the town Friday night, and everybody's going. It's just it's fun to be a part of. It's you know you see district champ signs everywhere. You see the the community, the parents, everybody's excited, fired up, and it's one of those things that you know it's fun to be a part of, and you got to enjoy the ride. Uh, it's been an awful fun to watch uh, the Poteet Aggies, uh, ten and one, heading into the area round against Vanderbilt Industrial down there in Corpus Christi with their head coach Darby House. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on such a great year so far, and uh, go make me look dumb tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, sir. That's going to be the plan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care, coach. There he goes, Darby House, the head coach of the Poteet Aggies, joining us here on Texas Football today. Yeah, it's uh, it, it really. It, <clears throat> This is like those are the types of stories that are so fun. And 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 look, there are there are only twelve UIL teams that win state championships, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean there's only twelve teams that have successful seasons. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's these types of things where you're going and you're making history in your own town, mm-hmm. and and you're getting that community fired up about about Aggie football for a lot for the first time in a while, right? Oh, yeah. You know, we mentioned that they're getting three three thousand people out there at the, at their games right now, guys. Poti has an a, a a population according to google of 3200 okay so when he says we're getting 30,000 people at our games he's like yeah it's like the thing we do in town now yeah you know it, what I mean? it is the thing and that you like he said they shut down in small towns legitimately coming from one they shut down coach 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 house is 32 right he he was 28 when he took over there at uh, at Poteet. And what an unbelievable job he's done to build them up. Now, look, it helps to have some guys, right? Ernest oh, yeah. Avila, you got a you got a twenty five hundred yard back, <laughs> pretty good. Give him the ball, you know. But at the same time, to turn that program, to turn that culture around, and to get that community going, I think is so much fun, and it's super cool to see. They are a, a they are. It's going to be a, a fun game, fun atmosphere down there in, in Corpus Christi. You know, he mentioned. It. I think they're underdogs against mm-hmm. against Vanderbilt. 
uh, against that the they were underdogs last but year. But you know what? I think that they've they're out there proving a lot of people wrong, and and I would not put it past those Poteet Aggies uh, to to storm into the regional semifinals and make even more history down there in in Atascosa County. So we appreciate Coach Darby House hopping on with us. We're text football today. Oh, the other thing about Poteet, did you know this? Hmm. Uh, do you know who was born in Poteet? Uh, no. If anybody knows who was born in Poteet, put it in the comments. We're Texas Football today. We're here every week at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Do we have an answer? No. Okay. Let us know, people. Um, they also have a strawberry festival in, Tex- in, in Poteen, which oh, is great. Oh, nice. Um, uh, we hope you'll oh. tune into the uh, the watch along. Oh, do we have an answer? George? The king? the king. I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's right. It's the birthplace of George Strait. How about that? That's right. So uh, anyway, uh, I, more reason to feel good about the Poteet Aggies, right? <laughs> the king. Well, yeah. Exactly right. Uh, so we hope you'll tune into the watch along tonight. By the way, we'll, we'll remind you seven o'clock tonight. Uh, on right here, wherever you're watching us right now, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, we will be. Uh, you will get to watch the L- Lindale versus El Campo game, courtesy of our friends at Texan Life. You get to watch the game. Like it's not like we're not just you're not just looking at us. You no. do get to look at us, but also you get to watch the game alongside with actual football experts like Marcus Shavers from McKinney, like Aaron Hardigan from Valley Sports Southwest, and like Mike Craven, our Dave Campbell's Texas Football College Football Insider. Pickle and I will also be here, so make sure you come and hang out with us. The watch along coming up here, seven o'clock tonight. Pickle, there's 176 UIL Texas high school football games this weekend. That is fact. I think I picked all of them. You yeah. did. Yeah. I uh, I exported the video, so I can say that you you did that. Malpal put the whole thing together, so she had the tough job. Here's the picks. My high school football predictions for the area round of the Texas high school football playoffs here on Texas Football Today. It's the second round of the 2021 Texas high school football playoffs, and if it's anything like the first, buckle up. These are the picks. <laughs> Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football playoffs. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, <laughs> the first round of the 2021 Texas high school football playoffs have come and gone. And yeah, there's a consensus that that was the wildest opening week of the playoffs that we've seen in modern Texas high school football history. Upsets everywhere, chaos all around, brackets left in tatters. What more do you want from Texas high school football? And if that's the start, I can't wait to see what we've got the rest of the way, including a mammoth week in the area round with huge cross-regional matchups and games that are going to decide who will win the state championship. We start in Lufkin. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Abe Martin Stadium in Lufkin. It is a 5A Division II area round matchup between the Texas High Tigers and the Texas City Stingeries. Quick side note, I think this is the first time in Texas high school football UIL history that two teams with the word Texas in their name are playing one another. And they're both orange. I don't know, a lot of weird things in this game. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, the Singeries Super Sophomores. There's a Texas City team that wants to run the ball, and they do it with a pair of sophomores in Kayla Bell and Ricky Green. They have been fantastic, combining for more than 1,700 yards and 25 touchdowns on the ground. Now, they can throw the ball a bit, too. Their quarterback, Jacob Duran, very capable, but they're a team that needs to establish the run. That's going to be tough this week against Texas High because their front seven, led by Derek Brown, is absolutely ferocious. So, can this Stingeries sophomore tandem get something going on the ground, or will the Tigers shut them down? 
Key number two, the Tigers' second-half stranglehold. This is an undefeated Texas High team, and they have absolutely stood on the gas pedal in the second half. They have outscored their opponents 168-24 to in the second half this year. Yeah, serious business. When they get a lead, they do not give it up, and they run away from you. Part of it is their outstanding defense, which we mentioned, but I also think a lot of it is their running back, Braylon Stewart. This guy is a closer, okay? This is the guy that you hand the ball and say, bring us home, big fella, and he gets stronger as the game goes on. Their quarterback, Brayson McHenry, has been good as well, but I think Braylon Stewart is really the straw that stirs the drink. So, for Texas City, they got to keep this thing close and keep away from that second-half wave from the Tigers. Can they do that, or will the Tigers' second-half dominance continue? And key number three, no respect. These two teams are combined 20-1 and one on the season. They've been fantastic. By any measure, they have been outstanding all year long, and yet maybe this is the first time you're hearing about them, right? And I think, literally, I think this has to do with geography, okay? Because they are in two kind of far-flung corners of the state. Texas High, up there in Texarkana, way northeast Texas, right? For Texas City, they're down near Galveston, way down southeast Texas, outside of Houston, but really uh, kind of outside of that greater media market. And so these are two of the most unheralded, I think unrespected, great teams in Texas high school football. One of those teams gets to earn a lot of respect this week by advancing to the regional semifinals. They can be ignored no more, okay? So who will take this opportunity to grab that respect they so greatly deserve? Who am I picking? I'm going with Texas High. I think the Tigers get the nod here because of the strength of that defense. I think they're going to be able to hold this Texas City running game in check and really make them work for it. I think this needs to be a big game for Jacob Duran, the quarterback for Texas City, if the Stingarees are going to get the win. Furthermore, that second half stat that I mentioned, I think it's so telling about the way that Coach Jerry Sanford makes adjustments and turns the ball over to his big fella in Braylon Stewart to bring them home. I think Texas High has got a little bit more balance. I think that's going to lead them to a victory. Give me the Tigers. 7.30 p.m. Saturday night at Arlington's Globe Life Field is a 6A Division I area round matchup between the Southlake Carroll Dragons and the Midland Legacy Rebels. And here comes Legacy carrying the flag for West Texas, coming to the Metroplex with an opportunity to take the biggest prize of them all and to knock off the Southlake Carroll Dragons, the highest ranked team in the DFW Metroplex at the 6A level. And there's ample reason to believe they can do that. Okay, we've been talking about them since they were at 7-on-7 seven seven this summer, that this team looks like a metro area team. Okay? This is a different West Texas ball club. Legacy is loaded with playmakers like McKaylin Young, the big-time running back, as well as the sophomore quarterback, Marcos Davila, who I think is really playing beyond his years. He has been exceptional. The onus for Legacy is on the defense, where they've got to come up with stops against Caden Anderson, Owen Allen, and this fantastic Dragons attack. But also, the Dragons defense has been something special. Okay? I think this is an opportunity for Legacy to make a statement, but I do think the Dragons are a little bit too much. Give me South Lake Carroll. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Bulldog Stadium in Yoakum. It's a 4A Division I area round matchup between the Austin LBJ Jaguars and the Port Lavaca Calhoun Sandcrabs. LBJ, the number one team in 4A Division I, looked every bit the part of that. Quarterback Oscar Gordon III has been fantastic. They run the ball extremely well with Cedric Alexander, and the defense really starting to heat up as the season has worn on. But this is a really interesting test. You get down to 4A Division I Region 4, and you've got a variety of different 
kind of off-the-beaten-path offenses, and perhaps no more off-the-beaten-path offense than what LBJ is going to face in Calhoun. That double-slot offense, I don't know if anybody else in the state runs it, or at least runs it quite like Richard Whitaker's Sand Crabs squad does. Esteban Cruz is the tip of the spear for this offense, but they give the ball to a lot of different guys. And this is a big challenge for this LBJ defense, which I don't believe have ever faced this style of offense which is going to be a big challenge for Jamal Fenner and company. A lot of this comes down to literally whether or not LBJ's defense can find a way to slow down this attack. I think the offense is going to be able to score, but can that defense uh, find a way to kind of decode the riddle that is the Calhoun double slot offense? I think this game has a chance to really be a lot of fun, but I'm going with the number one team in the state in the LBJ. 7 o'clock Friday night at Yellow Jacket Stadium in Boyd. It is a 3A Division II area round matchup between the Eastland Mavericks and the Bells Panthers. You know, for Eastland, this was a team that we wondered what they were going to look like without Baron Morton, who's now off at Texas Tech. They've kind of replaced him with a couple of quarterbacks. We're running a bit of a two-quarterback system here uh, with Keaton Hicks and Cooper, right? Hicks gets the majority of the, of the snaps, but they will rotate both of them in. The defense has a bit of bend-don't-break to them, led by their linebacker, Judson Beard. They're going up against this Bell's slot T attack, and it is about the Baker boys. Bo Baker and Brock Baker have been fantastic, uh, and that is going to lead the way for them the rest of the way. You know, both these defenses, I think, can get beat, and so a lot of this comes down to who steps up in crunch time, right? Right? who is able to come up with those big defensive stops. I think this game is going to be really close and a lot of fun, but I do think the Bells gets a narrow win. 7.30 p.m. Thursday night at Wolf Stadium in Colorado City. It is a 2A Division I area round matchup between the Four Sand Buffaloes and the New Deal Lions. Uh, two in a wide open 2A Division I region. One here are two contenders meeting in the second round. You know, for New Deal, boy, that offense is starting to really take flight. Uh, quarterback Harley Patterson's been great. Larrick Eaton is a name we've known and now is starting to emerge as a bona fide stud in the 2A ranks. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. Going up against this Forsan team that, that struggled last week against Goldthwaite. Goldthwaite did a really good job of keeping the ball away from them, but in the end, Major Stockton, the quarterback, was able to make enough plays down the stretch to get the win. What I think is so interesting is that for Forsan, I think they got to do what Goldthwaite did to them last week, which is keep the ball away from New Deal, uh, run a lot of clock, limit the number of possessions for this explosive Lions attack. Uh, that said, I think that New Deal's defense is able to make a couple stops, and I think Harley Patterson has a big game. Give me New Deal to move on to the regional semifinals. And 6.30 p.m. Thursday night in Dublin. It's a 1A Division I area round matchup, regional semifinal matchup. I don't know, it's a second round. Between the May Tigers and the Jonesboro Eagles. Guys, this is number one versus number two in 1A Division I. Okay? This is serious business and will go a long way towards shaping who plays at AT&T Stadium in the middle of December. May, of course, is the reigning state runner-up. They have been wire-to-wire -wire number one in our rankings in 1A Division I, and it's easy to see why. They've got Caden Hulk back, and their defense has been spectacular. Going up against this Jonesboro team that I think is a bit of a surprise. Uh, we thought they'd be good, but maybe not this good. But Eddie Gallegos' defense has stood up to the test, and they have found something special in their spread back Caleb Crystal. I think this game ultimately, like most big-time six-man showdowns, comes down to defense. That's where I think May has a very slight edge. I think this game comes down to the wire, and I think the winner of this game may be at AT&T Stadium. I think May gets the win. But those are far from the only big games in the area round of the Texas high school football playoffs. And, and oh yeah, did I mention that all my picks are scrolling at the bottom of the screen? How about that? Let's get to lightning round.
In 6A Division I, I like DeSoto over Rockwall in a wild shootout. Give me Galena Park North Shore to take down Clear Springs. And Lake Travis beats San Antonio East Central. 6A Division II now, I like Denton Geyer over Dallas Jesuit in a game that may determine the favorite in Region 2. I like Rockwall Heath over Temple. In Houston, I like C.E. King over Shadow Creek and in an interesting Austin versus San Antonio cross-regional matchup, I like Austin Vandergrift in a very close one over Cibolo Steel. 5A Division I now, I like Colleyville Heritage over Amarillo and in a top five matchup in 5A Division I, I like College Station to beat Frisco Lone Star. I like Gregory Portland over San Antonio Southwest Legacy and what could be a wild shootout, I like Manville over Pflugerville Weiss. 5A Division II now, I like Wichita Falls Rider over El Paso Andrus. Give me Leander Rouse to take down Floresville. And Alito gets a scare, but they beat Frisco Liberty. 4A Division I now, I like El Paso Riverside over Lake Worth. Give me El Campo over Lindale in a game you can watch on Texan Live. And I like Melissa over Midlothian Heritage. 4A Division II now, I like Van over Sunnyvale. And give me Aubrey to get by Sweetwater. West Orange Stark takes down Jasper. And Cuero sneaks by Rockport Fulton. 3A Division 1 now, I like Bushland over Whitesboro, and I'm going to take Grandview in a close one over Gladewater. Edna takes down Blanco, and Lorena beats Woodville. 3A Division 2 now, Canadian stays hot with a win over Sonora. I'm going with Newton to take down DeKalb, and I like Franklin to beat Stockdale. 2A Division 1 now, I'm going to go with Toller to beat Cupper. Give me Timpson to stay perfect with a win over Thorndale, and Shiner takes down Three Rivers. 2A Division 2, I like Winthorst over Archer City, and Clarendon gets by Wink. I'm going with El Dorado over DeHanis, and I like Mart to beat Lovelady. And it is a massive week in six-man football. 1A Division I, I like Westbrook to take down Rankin. In 1A Division II, I'm going with Motley County over defending state champ Balmeray. I like Follette to take down Anton, and I'm going to go with Strawn to take down Throckmorton. And those are the picks. I picked every single game. I either mention it out loud or it's scrolling at the bottom of the screen so you can let me know what am I wrong about. Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of the 2021 Texas High School Football Playoffs at texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the airy round of the Texas High School Football Playoffs. We'll see you. There it is, the picks. My high school football predictions for the area round of the 2021 UIL Texas High School Football Playoffs. 176 games. As always, I guarantee I got at least one of those right. Although I did mention, I mentioned this when I tweeted last night. We are officially like well past the like feel good about your picks time. Oh yeah, I mean we're down um, to 176 games. Yeah. and Which and, is a lot, but. But all the games, like every team left is like really good. Yeah. Like last week, there were a couple games I'm like, I'd put my mortgage on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there were a couple of them. I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good about that. This week? A lot less of those. I feel, like, confident in those 176 picks. I probably feel confident in a third of them. Okay. Like, various levels of, yeah. of comfort. Anyway. Which is good. That means we're in the good time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> These are good games. Anyway, uh, that's on YouTube, too. So if you missed it and, and your game was scrolling on the bottom, you can go check it out then. All right, Pickle. It's time to round out the show by answering some burning questions about the upcoming week of college football across the Lone Star State. Where are we starting? Up first, let's go Memphis at number 24, Houston. They're an 8.5-point favorite, 8 p.m. on Friday. Houston has clinched a spot in the AAC title game. How does that affect this game? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because this is a, a situation where, for Houston, there is an argument to be made that, like, this game 
doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I think it does, though, and I'll make the argument that it does. If they run the table, meaning they beat Memphis this week, they beat, I don't know who they play next week, some team they're, they're, they're going to be fair. East Carolina, I think. East Carolina. Um, and then they beat Cincinnati in the AAC title game. They would have an outside shot at getting a um, at getting a spot in the uh, in in the um, what am I saying in, in the the New Year's Six Bowl mm-hmm. um, as the top ranked uh, group of five team. So they've got an outside shot of that, and you can't spit the bit against Memphis. No. Memphis had a weird year. They are not the Memphis that you remember. They're not like a 10-win Memphis team. I think they're five and five coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Got in, they've got an inconsistent defensive play. Um, yeah, two years ago they were in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, they've been battling injuries at the quarterback spot. It's been up and down for them. Uh, Houston at home just needs to take care of business. Now that hasn't always been their strong suit. Um, is just going out there and just like dominating teams that they're better than. I mean, see a couple weeks ago against USF, but go out there, get the win, make sure you don't spit the bit uh, ahead of uh, bigger things for the... And we have seen coup. flashes of Memphis that when they are good, they're mm-hmm. they're good. Like, I mean, it's beat, just super hot and cold. Yeah, they beat Mississippi State, yep. right? I mean, so they've got some signature wins. They're capable, but so for Houston, if they mess around and they, like, overlook them, then, then these things can go up in flames, but uh, take care of your business and you should win this game. What's next, Pip? Up next, one of those odd Week 12 matchups here in college football. Prairie View A&M at number 16, Texas A&M, 11 a.m. on a Saturday. These late-season non-conference SEC pay games are weird, right? <laughs> yes, they are. And, and and we saw last week Alabama played New Mexico State um, and like for some reason. And it's because, the, I don't know why, but and the SEC is really the only... They're the only people who do this. You'll see yeah. this every once in a while with like other schools who have like big rivalry games mm-hmm. that they'll put at the end of the year. Uh, I know like I want to say like West Virginia and Pitt play at the end of the year yeah. in the backyard brawl. Um, and 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 other things. I mean Army and Navy obviously that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But this is odd, and they just kind of jam them in the middle of of the season, um, kind of as like a breather, like they eat a yeah, cupcake like, just as a treat. Why do you not? I don't. I don't, why do you not just take another bye week, maybe? like. I, well, yeah, I mean, because you need another home gate, yeah. basically. I will say that the small schools absolutely love this oh. because they get a fat paycheck Well, and the it. other <laughs> thing, here's the thing for, for Prairie View. Prairie View's in the thick of the SWAC hunt. Um, they, are, they are certainly in, in that mix and looking to try to make some, some play. So here's a good, a good way to tune up and, and go against a team that, yeah, Guys, a going to beat Prairie View. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I hope I'm not going out on a limb there. They're going to beat them probably pretty soundly, but you get to go and get to an elite defense. Just and don't go get hurt. Yeah, That's you get to go and get to an elite defense, test yourself against them. Um, and, yeah, so there's a lot to game, I think, for Prairie View. But, yeah, I've always thought these are weird, and it's a uniquely SEC thing to do is to just, like, jam a non-conference game, like, late in the year. Like, we see that every once in a while. You'll see uh, some conferences that will have, like, they'll play a conference game, like one conference game, and then they'll go back to playing a non-conference game. I want to say Baylor did that this year. Like, I want to say they played a conference game and then they played BYU mm-hmm. or something like that. You see that every once in a while, but, but the SEC is the only one who does this in, like, November, which is weird. Anyway, a and going to win. Per, uh, Texas a and going to win. Prairie View <laughs> A&M uh, will be happy to cash a paycheck. What's next? Up next, Texas at West by God, Virginia, 11 a.m. on a Saturday with the turmoil on the Texas roster. Who has to step up for the Longhorns to make a bowl? Yeah, and it's especially on the offensive side, right? Yep. I mean, uh, B. John Robinson's out for the year. 
Um, now, uh, Joshua Moore is in the transfer portal. Um, there's a lot of things that are kind of moving every which way. I think there's two guys that immediately spring to mind for me mm -hmm. offensively. I mean, obviously, they need better play from the quarterback, but I want to put that aside for a moment. I would look at a guy like Jonathan Brooks, our reigning Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year, who I think is going to get more touches and is going to get an opportunity to shine a little bit. Uh, and I would look at a guy like uh, Jordan Whittington, who it sounds like is coming back from injury, uh, should be ready, uh, you know, uh, hopefully will be ready for this game against West Virginia. Um, going Wor on the road. Worthy's been big, too, when they can get yes. the ball. Yes, Xavier Worthy, of course, the, the, the freshman has been great as well. They're going to have to lean on these young guys, and I think that for Sarkeesian, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, and I think these final two games, you know, you're going to find out who who's there to keep a spot. To keep a spot, <laughs> who who wants a spot on the on that roster? It's going to be a lot of turnover. There was a lot made of him saying like we could have as many as 33 new players next year, mm -hmm. and like people were kind of freaking out. I'm like, no, nah, it kind of sounds right. They'll have a full recruiting class, and they'll probably have like eight transfers. Um, that sounds right. And right. so there's going to be some turnover, and for some guys like that. You know, here's an opportunity to showcase it. Going on the road to West Virginia, who again talk about up and down. Um, at times they've looked great, and at times they've looked like one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Go on the road, get the offense going against a, against a, a defense that that is is I think in the, in the top half of the Big 12. You know, an opportunity to see what what happens there. But of course, maybe don't give up 59 points like you did last week. That tip, the math typically checks out there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just a thought. What's next, Pickle? <laughs> Up next, Texas State at Coastal Carolina, 24-and-a-half dog, 12 p.m. on Saturday. Mm. Over-under on basically 500 total yards for Coastal. Yeah, so the, here's the problem. So Coastal is not the Coastal that they were like last year when they ran the table. Right. Um, and they were like, you know, Sun Belt champions and like a, an unstoppable Should have been in the playoff. Yeah, should have been in the playoff. Um, they're not that team. Uh, they've got, I want to say, two losses on the year. Um, but they are one of the most efficient offenses in America. Absolutely. And that's going to be problematic for Texas State. Um, Especially on, on the, the road, road. Time change. On the road <laughs> in Conway. It's in Conway, South Carolina. I don't know if you knew that. Um, in Conway. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the under. I think they're going to be able to hold them down a little bit, but this You're is You're thinking a, 450. <laughs> yeah. I think that this is a very dangerous coastal. Uh, this is a very dangerous matchup for Texas State simply because Coastal is stinging. They lost last week and I feel like they want to get that like get a little bit of anger out against yep. a team that they are better than and I don't think that's really going on a limb. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to take the under, but I do think they're certainly going to get theirs. What's next? Up next, how about our small school game of the week? Number 16, Trinity, taking on number two, Mary Harden Baylor, 12 p.m. on Saturday. You can stream it on crewathletics.com. What's the outlook for UMHB as the Division Three playoffs kick off? Yeah, so this is so. So let me be very clear. There's two Trinities. Um, I want to say Trinity College is the team that they're playing here. Trinity Uni is that in San the one in San Antonio? No, they are playing the one from up in the Northeast. Okay. Uh, this is the team from up in the Northeast. They're traveling like 600 miles to get here. Gotcha. But there is, like a there is a Trinity in San Antonio. There is a Trinity in San Antonio. Um, this is not them. This is a this is an out of state game for Mary Hart and Baylor. Now Mary Hart and Baylor's been bobbing along. They're the number two team, uh, number two seeded team in the uh, in in the bracket. Um, I believe Mountain Union is number one. Um, and yeah, look, I think they're a favorite to at least make a, a Division Three title game. The defense has been fantastic. Um, basically, the one game that they struggled in was against Harden Simmons, Which who is, probably yeah. should have gotten in the playoffs <laughs> too. Um, but they were able to, you know, they, they were able to come back and win that game. Uh, I don't know if this is a 
national championship caliber team. I think they're capable of playing for it. I think that I think they'll be a favorite this week. Well, this is a good Trinity squad mm -hmm. from up in the Northeast, but that's a long trip to Belton, and I feel like that's going to be problematic for them. So I, I think UMHB is going to be your favorite here. Probably going to be your favorite the rest of the way uh, until they get to a title game potentially against a team like Mountain Union. So um, great, great shot to get there. They would probably be underdogs to Mountain Union in a title game, but that's why they play the game, right? All right, what's next, Pickle? Up next, back to the AAC we go. SMU at number five, Cincinnati, 11.5 point dogs there, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. What percentage chance do you give SMU of ruining Cincinnati's perfect season? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Cincinnati, uh, of course, has become the darling of people like me who want the playoff to acknowledge that there's good football outside of the, you know, 60 teams that inhabit the Power Five. Mm -hmm. um, and but but Cincinnati has had this bad habit of not standing on the throat of their opponent. They fool around and they try to lose games. And so can they come out focused against an SMU team that I think is capable of beating them? Um, you know, look, last week what they did uh, I thought was awfully impressive. Um, you know, what they were able to do against that, uh, the, the defense that they played last week, they were able to, to, to really gash them on the ground. Trey Siggers and Ulysses Bentley, uh, Tanner Mordecai, of course, did what he does. The defense, still a bit of a problem. That's going to be a problem against Desmond Ritter and this uh, Cincinnati team. I give SMU a 33% chance, a one-third chance of beating Cincinnati. I think they've got a shot. I think this is a big danger for Cincinnati, but they do get them at home, and that is probably an advantage for them. Um, 11 and a half is honestly a little bit rich for me. Um, I would probably take SMU plus 11 and a half, but I do think Cincinnati is probably the favorite to win this game. They probably win this game two, two times out of three. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give the Ponies the 33% chance. What's next, Pickle? Up next, two Conference USA, UAB at number 22, UTSA, 2.30 p.m. on a Saturday. And this is the one we've had circled on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Is this the biggest game in UTSA history? Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, has it only been around, what, eight years now? Yeah, eight since season? 2012. Nine. Okay. Um, so ninth season, maybe. Um, but this is, yeah, this is huge doings. And a real opportunity for UTSA. Um, to cement themselves as, you know, and, and put themselves in a position to win Conference USA, mm -hmm. to, to win the West. Uh, now, UAB's been a little bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. That loss a couple weeks ago to Rice. I mean, shout out Rice, doing that job. Like, UTSA is in the driver's hoot. seat. They can still, I think they can still technically, if they lose out, they can still not make the conference, still not win the West. Uh, by losing to UAB and then whoever they play in the, in the final week. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a... For, for UTSA, what happened last week against Southern Miss, um, if you do that this week, you will lose. Yes. Like, plain There's, you, you cannot dig yourself in a hole like you but, did. But even before the season, go listen, go, go read the magazine we were talking about. If things break the right way, this could be a massive game and could be for the Conference USA West crown. And if you're going to do this well this long, like, go ahead and put your stamp on it. Do just, it. Just finish it off. Go Don't. finish it off. Get the, get the win you need. Yeah. Um, I think that they're. I think if they win this game, I think they're going to be. They're going to be favored in week twelve or the, the final week to, to go twelve and zero and to go to conference. They'll go to the conference USA championship game. Um, they probably they host could it. host it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, <laughs> at that point, they probably host it. And so, yeah, take care of your business here. Um, I think this is the biggest game in UTSA history. I think Jeff Trailer's going to have his boys ready. I think they're going to win. And they're going to win by ten points. 
There you go. You heard it here first. I think they win by double digits. I think the Roadrunners uh, get the win over UAB. Meet me. What's next? Staying in Conference USA here, um, a little bit different of a situation on the Whoa. west side. Rice at UTEP. UTEP, a nine-point favorite in the Sun Bowl, 3 p.m. on a Saturday. But here's the thing. Who needs the win more, Rice or UTEP, who started off so hot yeah, and it's, it's, then kind of fumbled? It's really interesting um, because I think you can make a real argument for both sides. For Rice, this has been a team that has not played to their paper. Mm-hmm. There's been a team that I think has disappointed overall. And basically, aside from that win against UAB and hanging close against Arkansas in the opener, it's probably been a bit of a, a disappointing season mm-hmm. there. This would be a win on the road in conference that would really make them feel good against a team that is going bowling, right? Or at least is bowl eligible. If they finish 6-6, six and six, UTEP might be on the outside looking in. Um, for UTEP, I think this is super important because you can make an argument that they have beaten all the bad teams and they've lost to all the good teams. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a bad team, and you can you need to go out there and prove that that you're not just, you know, an early you know you didn't just peak early. You you, right. you have a little bit of staying power. I think it's important for them. I don't know. I think it's probably a little bit more important to UTEP, if anything, because I think that, that a seven-win UTEP team is definitely getting in a bowl. Mm-hmm. A six-win UTEP team might be on the outside looking in. So that is, I, I would say right now it's for UTEP, especially at home. I think it's a critical, critical game for them to, to make sure they take care of this. I'm, I'm going to say it's more important for UTEP. What's next, panel? Up next, let's go with some Big 12 actions. Kansas at TCU. TCU, a 21-point favorite, 3 p.m. on a Saturday. Is TCU closer to what we saw against Baylor or what we saw against the Pokes? Yeah, because it's weird because we'll like, we're not going to find out a ton about it because they're playing Kansas, although... I was six to say, go ahead and bite your tongue there. <laughs> yeah, but like, they played two... Let's just say I, I'm, capable, I'm comfortable saying... Uh, S or Baylor and Oklahoma State are two of the three best teams in the Big 12. Yes. That's fair. Um, and so they are, if you are TCU, you're, like, you're, you're coming down in competition. What I think is so interesting about this is you go back to what happened against Baylor. And, and by the way, the, the other thing about this, this game is that both Baylor and Oklahoma State have great defenses. And yet they got treated differently by this TCU attack. Chandler Morris went nuts against Baylor, and he was uh, a non-factor against Oklahoma State. And so for me, what I want to see is how do they change the offense? How do they... Um, I think they're probably a little closer to what we saw against Oklahoma State than against Baylor. I think mm-hmm. they were playing with a little bit of uh, vinegar in their veins uh, against against TCU, against a rival. Uh, I think they get this win, which is would be huge for them and, and would make them bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they're probably closer to what we saw against Oklahoma State than against Baylor. I think they probably played about as well as they possibly could play against Baylor. Oklahoma State, they played poorly, but I think that they are closer to that than they are to the, the super peak that we saw against Baylor. Right. What's next, Pickle? Um, Sticking with that aforementioned Baylor team, at number 11, taking on Kansas State, 4.30 p.m. in Manhattan on Saturday. Why is number 11 Baylor an underdog against Kansas State? Yeah, it's weird. I th- like, I kind of, I kind of uh, flinched when I saw this. Playing in the purple, man. I think, it I, think it's, I think it's twofold. I think it's twofold. One, I think Kansas State's better than people realize. Mm-hmm. I think Deuce Vaughn's been really good. They have an identity that may cause problems for Baylor in the sense that they actually profile decently against 
what Oklahoma State does offensively, which is they run the ball effectively, they play clock control, their defense has been largely pretty good, they're able to keep the ball away from Baylor and things like that, grind out long drives. Um, also, going to Manhattan's a chore. Yeah. Um, going to Manhattan's no fun, and, and they've made it no fun for people. Um, that said, I think Baylor should win this game. I think Baylor is a be the better team here, but there's a lot of factors here that make it look like it's iffy. And, and I understand what Vegas sees. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it. I would say that Baylor is probably the better team, and I'm going to ask the better team to, to win the game. Right. But Kansas State's not a pushover. Kansas State's a decent team, and and possibly you know nine and three team if they're able to to to, to win out. Um, so for for Baylor, don't let the emotions of last week's win over Oklahoma distract you from what is a very capable team, especially at home in yeah. Kansas State. Yeah. What's next, Pickle? Up next, Conference USA action, North Texas taking on FIU. 6 p.m. on a Saturday. Is North Texas going to mess around and make a bowl? Okay. <laughs> They're four and six right now. They okay? They got a win out. Mm -hmm. They're better than FIU. FIU's bad. They're traditionally terrible. And they're bad this year. They're mm -hmm. bad. And and North Texas is better. Now, going to the East Coast is not going to be fun. No. They got to go to... Where is... Are they in Miami? Miami. Yep. Um, going to my, I mean, going to Miami is fun, but like not for not for this traveling football purposes. Um, so that's tough. But North Texas is playing better. North Texas has been improving. I think especially offensively, they've been improving and getting a little bit more consistency. Mm -hmm. It will be and and it, yeah, look, they'll. They'll be favored this week. Under, as you see, they're double-digit favorites on the road against FIU because FIU is really bad. Next week, they get what? UAB? Mm -hmm. That's going to be a chore. So I would put it at about a 25% a chance that they get bowl eligible. But it's possible. Maybe they've just improved. Maybe UAB, maybe if they get smashed by UTSA, maybe they just they give up. You know, maybe there's just like a lot of like, well, you know, what is there to play for? And UTSA can surprise them. I think that it, they're still underdogs to make a bowl, but it's out there. And they've got an opportunity. got to make sure you take care of it. Don't spit the bit against a bad Panthers team. Six and say them on the road never yeah. leaves me feeling good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Ever. Troubling. Troubling. All right. What's next, Pickle? And finally, we're going to round it out with some Big 12 action as number nine, Oklahoma State, takes on the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, 7 p.m. on Saturday. Make a play on the line. Oklahoma State is favored by 10 in Lubbock. Yeah. Um... Intriguing here. Texas Tech's obviously on an upswing, mm -hmm. what they did last week. A um, night game. Uh, I think they found something in Donovan Smith, at least for the rest of this year, that they feel good about. They were able to run the ball pretty effectively last week with Tosh Brooks. Um, defense still a work in progress, let's say it. Uh, but this is an Oklahoma State offense that, you know, last week against TCU aside has only been pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, you know, this is a good test for this kind of new look Texas Tech offense with Sonny Cumbie at the controls, although he's been at controls all year, and with Donovan Smith uh, at the quarterback spot. Um, the other thing about this is it's a night game in Lubbock. Yep. And night games in Lubbock. Tortillas. And let's talk about pressure. Who's the pressure on in this game? Yeah, no kidding. Like, the pressure is very clearly on Oklahoma State. Yeah, so just Texas go out Tech, there and play. Texas Tech, they got bowl eligible last week. They don't care. They're, yeah. they're done. They, they got it. So for me, I look at this and I say, Oklahoma State's got a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. They're going on the road to Tech. Night game in Lubbock. Night game in Lubbock. A, a Tech team that maybe is feeling a little bit more confidence. I think I'm going to take Tech in the points. I think I'm going to take Tech plus 10 and... and, and 
think they keep it close. I think Oklahoma State probably wins, but I think the Tech's going to be able to keep it close. A field goal, winning by a field goal would be yeah. totally on brand for this game. It really would be. It really would be. So I'm going to take Tech plus 10. I think that's where I'm, I'm landing. And those are some college football burning questions for week. 12. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Reminder, tonight, the Watch Along. The Dave Campbells Texas Football Watch Along. Come watch El Campo in Lindale with us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. It'll be myself, Ashley Pickle, Mike Craven, McKinney Coach, Marcus Shavers, and Valley Sports Southwest's own Aaron Hardigan. So come hang out with us. Kick off at 7 o'clock. Uh, thanks very much to Darby House of Poteet for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football Today.